0: Welcome to The Link Church. We pray this week's message inspires you to have a meaningful relationship with Jesus. You ready to get into the Word? We're going to be talking about fruits of the Spirit, um, what, what the Holy Spirit can produce in our lives, right? What, what He can produce in our lives. And, and the, the trouble is this, is I think that for many of us, we look at the, the fruits of the Spirit, we go, yes, come on now. But not a lot of us actually produce that. And so I, I look at this and I think to myself, ugh, and whenever I hear them, I want to say like, amen, because I want that for my life. But then I look at my life and I think to myself, I have got a lot of areas where I just don't produce this and, and I want that. I want to do something better with my life. And so I'm going to read you um, I'm going to read you a list of the things that are the opposite of the fruits of the Spirit. And what I'm going to ask you to do is don't shout it out. Right? Don't shout this out. But pick one for yourself. As I read through the list, just pick one area, just one thing where you think, yep, that's me. If somebody was to describe me, if I was to describe myself, that's it. That's the thing. That's the thing I struggle with. And I want you to do that because if you pick just one and then you you follow the message all the way through, holding on to at least one thing, you're going to walk out of here equipped to change that one thing. Amen? So here's a list of the opposite. Somebody who's full of hatred or anger. They're sad or depressed. People being fearful and anxious. Impatient. Selfish, self centered, stingy, stingy or mean, unfaithful or disloyal, you're somebody who cannot be counted upon, you're harsh or unkind, and you lose your temper easily. Do any of these describe you? Maybe there's many things in there that that describe you, but is there at least one that you would be able to identify with and say, yep. I have a tendency to lose my temper easily or I, I'm angry or over the last few years I've struggled with depression or anxiety, right? For whatever these issues are that you'd be able to identify and realize that it's not from God. And, and, and the thing that scares me is if that's how you would describe you, imagine how others would describe you. That scares me. Because we all think to, for the most part we've got it going on until we get some people that are honest and they start telling you what you really got going on and then it's not so good, amen? And so the reason I want to address this is those traits are people, are are traits of people, A, that don't know Jesus or are giving themselves over to everything but Jesus, which I'm going to show you in scripture, amen? So don't take it as a heavy Look at this and go, oh my gosh, I have some decisions to make. Yes? Are you with me? The monitors are hot, so you'll have to shout louder than them. So society, I think we can we can agree is society has lost the plot. I have, I have been sheltered over the last few years, super sheltered. I've been driving from Rockingham to Port Kennedy, opposite to, like, before the traffic, because most of you sleep in, right? But I, w- I normally go to work before you're awake, and then I come home before you've left work often. And I was only doing, like, 15 minutes, and the time I was on the road, I realized that, uh, you know, it was, bet- it was in working hours. Now I'm back on the road with all of you in the morning, and the afternoon. You all are angry. <laughs> you all are upset about life. I, I specifically tried to see if I could find, this used to happen a lot, but find one person, just one this week, only one who was actually dancing in their car. Like just one of those like, nothing. Nothing. I can't even knock you on what you're listening to because there's obviously nothing. People are angry. The one guy I was telling Lizette, uh, he came past me. I was, I was doing the wrong thing. Uh, no, I was doing the wrong thing. I was in, it was a double lane road. I was in the right-hand lane, driving the same speed as everyone else, okay, which I understand, though I'm still in the right-hand lane. He overtook with such force and came into my lane to obviously let me know how wrong I was, because I would have been slowing him down tremendously, right? He then sat in that position for 17 kilometers. 17 kilometers, he stayed in front of me. He almost killed us both for 17 kilometers. And I realized that people have lost their mind. You say thank you to somebody, they don't even acknowledge it. You let them go first, they think they're entitled to it. There's just no courtesy. People are angry, they're anxious, they're mad about life, they're bitter, they twisted. I almost killed a cyclist yesterday by accident on purpose. And it was, there was a locker? I know, I know. Pray for me if you're like a cyclist. If you're, not, if you're not into cyclists, pray for Gregory, the guy I think he must... I don't know, he doesn't have a name. Call him Greg. Greg almost met Jesus yesterday because of his inability to cycle. Greg, if you're watching, come on, mate. But the world is like spiraling out of control. Amen? And if you're one of those people, the truth of the matter is you're living in bondage. You're living bound to something that you don't have to have. There is freedom in Jesus. And if you're stuck in a world of anger or stuck in a world of depression or stuck in a world of just being stingy or unkind or mean, or if if those are the traits, you're actually held by something and you don't need to be that way. You don't need to live that way. There is more for you. Amen. And so uh, the Apostle Paul... He writes this letter, which I want to read a little bit from in in the book of Galatians. We're going to go from 5, Galatians 5, and we're going to go from 13. Because God's idea is not our idea. And how we're living is not what he intended for our lives. He says this in verse 13, For you have been called, I like to always replace the word called by invited, because you're not forced You're invited. God is going to do something and you're invited. You've been called or invited to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, he says. But don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Whenever you think of your sinful nature, think about this. Your sinful nature is simply your earth suit. Right? Like the thing you live in. I had to remind somebody this week, sin is not something you do. Sin is something you are. You were born that way. Right, that's why you don't teach a baby to steal. Amen. It's like just a natural thing. Instead, so other you have another option. You either get to satisfy your flesh or your sinful nature, or you get to use your freedom to serve one another in love. That's the decision you get. You've been invited to live in freedom, to not live a certain way and have the opportunity to live in a certain way and you have you have the opportunity to love people and serve one another. For the whole law came, uh, sorry, for the, the whole law can be summarized in this one commandment, love your neighbor as yourself. Here at the link we say love people. But if you're always bow- uh, But if you're always biting, devouring one another, watch out. The worst people in the world for attacking Christians are Christians. I wish I could just put my Instagram up right now and just show you exactly what I mean. Christians who have something to say about a Christian, zip it. Beware of destroying one another. You know, you guys can destroy each other. And the thing with church is this the longer you hear, the more you learn about everyone, and the more you're equipped to do some damage. Like if I don't know you, I've got nothing, I can't hold anything against you. But we, we spend time together, we open up with one another, we sit in e-groups and we share with one another. We say, hey man, I'm, I'm struggling with this in my life, would you pray for me? And how many times I find out somebody then has, has come to me afterward and gone, oh, I believe you're struggling with this and you need prayer. Oh no, hang on. I've mentioned that, but I mentioned it in a zone that wasn't required that people leave that area and go and spread my junk everywhere and talk rubbish. So now suddenly you take something that you had and you can use it against me. That's why I tell people, you think I've got issues. Ask me, I've got a bigger list than you think. Don't guess, just ask, I'll tell you. Don't don't even, don't even waste your time. I've got a big list of everything that's wrong with me. If you're gonna do it, share the whole list. Don't share like snippets. That's boring. I want, to, I want you to have trauma as you read that list. <laughs> Verse 16, he says, So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit, wants, uh, uh, the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the, sin, the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. Some of you are driving yourselves crazy. You're like, I never intended on doing that. I actually wanted to do something good with my life. I actually started this week and I decided when I left the link, I'm actually going to do something great. And then you come back in the following Sunday and you feel like, man, I just had my backside kicked all week long. I didn't do anything good. If anything, I did everything wrong. And what we've, what we've forgotten is that there is a war My my body wants to do something and there is a desire that I have that, that everything I'm going after is evil. It is against God. And then I get saved and the Holy Spirit comes and He starts giving me different desires. And these two are pulling. There's this natural side of Andrew that wants to go dark and there is the spiritual side of Andrew that wants to go to the light. And we are beating ourselves because we don't realise that the Holy Spirit, it's not that when you got saved, you you, you should just naturally produce this. No, that is just poor teaching from the, pul- from the pulpit. The pastor goes, if you're saved, you'll be producing love and joy. No, 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 no. That's not true at all. That's not in Scripture. Scripture makes it very clear that when you give your life to Jesus, that there is a new desire that comes, a desire in me to do what is great, but my sinful nature still wants what is bad. The only difference is this. I used to want what was bad and didn't care. I only wanted what was bad. Didn't bother me. You go, Andrew, you're hurting people. Just get out the way then. Andrew, that could set people off. Jump, I don't care. Now I think about things differently because I have a decision. And what we're not realizing is that God is trying to lead us but he's not going to force you. I could, grab, I could grab Joe's hand now and say, I want to show you something. Come and have a look at the speaker. She's got a decision. She can say yes or no. If she pulls back, I just leave it. Do you want to see the speaker? You, just come have, a, come have a look when you're ready. Are you with me? Do you want to know what helps? tremendously fasting. Fasting is actually the key to this. You want know a key to life? Fast, right? Fasting is one of the hardest things you will ever do in your whole life. You, you have no idea how great food looks and tastes until you say, I'm going to fast. The minute you say, I'm going to fast, everything delicious turns up. Everything. If you notice when you fast, it's like, there's like, everything's outside ready to eat. Somebody comes home and goes, I just thought I'd bless you. I bought pizza for dinner. No, I'm fasting. Then I'll eat the whole thing. Then you won't have pizza for three months. Fasting is the key. Do you want to know why? Fasting lets your body understand that God is in control and that you are in control of your body. I'm not letting my body, the sinful nature, rule me. I'm going to let God lead me. You with me? For another day, we'll talk about fasting soon. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you're not under obligation to the law of Moses. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. No one would debate this. When you follow what you want, this is what happens. Sexual immorality impurity lustful pleasures idolatry sorcery hostility quarreling jealousy outbursts of anger selfish ambition dissension division envy drunkenness is that that's in the bible though yeah drunkenness it's there wild parties uh-huh before andrew was a christian wild parties let's go let's go and here's the one thing I love about Scripture, this one, other sins like these. See, Pastor Anz, it does not say in the Bible that I can't smoke cigarettes and other sins like these. But what about, what about, what about weed? Because that's like a natural herb. Come on, somebody under 30. That's like a natural thing. No, no. And other things like these. There's the other things like these. Now you go, well, I don't know what these other things are. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. You know full well what they are. You know exactly what it is that comes out of of your desire. What is you and what is God? And if you just think it through for 30 seconds, you'll come to a conclusion that that is a you thing, not a God thing. And when it's not a God thing, it's going to lead to some of these issues. Are we together? You still love me? Let me tell you again, as I have before, you've been told many times, That anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. They will not. They will not. You give your life to Jesus. You want to follow your old ways. You want to do your old things. You want to carry on living like the devil. You're not going to inherit the the kingdom. It's going to drag you away from God. It's going to destroy your life. If your life is uh, producing these results then what I can say is this, you are missing what God has intended for your life. Don't worry about the guilt and the shame. Just realize that there is more. You are missing out. You are missing it. A lot of people are going, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm stuffed. I'm, I've just, I've, I've gone too far here. I'm so full of, like you, you read that list, Pastor Ann's. I don't think I miss any of them. Like I literally just came from a wild party right now and I'm drunk in the room. You know? Is that why you were late, Joe? Yeah. <clears throat> I'm not happy. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self control. There is no law against these things, there's nothing that will stop you from loving more. God's not going to turn up and say, when you say, God, I want to love more. And he's going to go, no. No, there's a limit to how much love. There's a limit to how much kindness you can produce. No, these things are from God. It is endless what can happen. And, and so we need to realize what is this Andrew and then what is from God? Andrew has desires. God has desires for Andrew. And Andrew has a choice. And you have a choice. And you need to make them. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed their passions and their desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we're living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. God is not just magically going to produce these things because you said yes just because you said yes to Jesus does not mean you have automatic you are in a war you're in a fight and your biggest enemy sometimes is you and what you want what is it that you want so badly that you're missing God because I've never, I've never sat with somebody who says, Pastor Anza, I'm, I'm struggling with anxiety. What would you like? I'd like either depression or maybe more anxiety. No, you never hear that. They're like, I, I, I can't do this. I want freedom and I need life. I need to wake up in the morning and, and feel alive again. I can't feel so low. I'm in a hole. I need to get out. I, I can't keep doing this. I'm struggling. What are they wanting? They're wanting everything that God has on offer for them. And then you say to them, but will you follow the Lord? I'm going to pray about it. No, you won't. He never said it's, it's just going to happen. It's a war. Remember this. It's not your fault, but it is your fight. No one is going to fight this for you. No one is coming to help you with this. You have a decision to make. What I want is to be rich. So I refuse to be generous. Simple. Choice. God's not forcing you. He owns all the money anyway. You'll see when you die. Check your pockets when you're waiting in line. Check your bank account while you're waiting in line. Hold your breath for a while. I'll show you. I'll prove it to you. You think, you've got, you think you've got a lot. You've got nothing. You leave here with nothing. Not even your clothing. Nothing. We're going to hold on, and we're just going to be stingy people and, and, and selfish desires. No, we, we can't do that. We have, we have the Spirit of God who, who dwells on the inside of us, and He's leading. He's saying, hey, there's an opportunity to love somebody. And I go, yeah, but I don't have time for that. Yeah, because you're selfish, Andrew. Yeah, I I, want to get home early. So I miss the joy of seeing that person's life change because I would rather get home early. And God's not going to force you. He's not going to smash you over the head. That's why you do it and he gives you another opportunity because he's going to keep giving you opportunities to do great things with your life. What you do with that is up to you, but the opportunities are there because the Holy Spirit wants to reach that person more than you do. He wants to change their life more than you do. And if you would just give yourself over to that, you will live with this joy and this love and this peace. You wake up in the morning, you're like, man, life's good. What can I do? What more can I do with my life? God, show me. Show me what I can do, who I can speak to. I started a new job so so. You know, when you start a new job, like, you have to dial in. And I, I was hoping for, like, a, a job that was, like, cruise control. But it's not. It's not. It's, it's everything but that. And so in the beginning, when you start in your job, you're just trying to cope. You want to live. I just want to survive the day. Now now I'm starting to get the hang of what I'm doing and, you know, the processes and how we get it done is a little bit easier. So now when I meet a client or I get to somebody's house, I don't just have this overwhelming feeling of just going, hi, I really need to get on with this. Now I can actually engage in conversation, which is amazing because I can pray. God, I wonder who I could speak to. I wonder who I could encourage. I wonder what I could do today. Show me. And you will not believe the opportunities that come up. You will not believe it. And you always leave that environment feeling like, that's cool. i got to do something. i got to say something. You know, I, I saw a lady on Friday afternoon. She has the most beautiful Bible. And I said to her, can I have that Bible, please? And um, she goes, no. And I said, oh, why is that? And she said, it's our family Bible. I was like, no way. And she goes, yeah, it's been passed down like generation, like all the way, like her grand." Her granddad, I think, and, and, and so it's come down. And she's like, yes, it's like, a, it's like a big family thing. Her dad has just passed away. And um, so we're looking at the house. And I said, did your dad read the Bible? And she goes, I don't know. And I said, where's your dad? And she goes, oh, he passed away. I said, no, I know. But from an eternity perspective. Where is he? Where is he? And she goes, you, you know that he's just passed away, though, right? And I said, yeah, but that means just eternity just began. Like, where is he? And she said, I have no idea. And I said, doesn't that scare the life out of you that the answer was right there? I said, who's read the Bible? And she goes, I don't know. And I said to her, because it doesn't look like it's been opened. Can I open it or will it break? And so I got to have a look and she goes, you really do love that book. And I said to her, I'll make you a deal. If you promise me you will never read it, I promise you I will steal it but if you promise me that you'll just read it, I said, I I would suggest you just read the book of John and then close it, never read it again if you don't want to. But if you would read it, I'll leave it here with you. And she goes, all right, I promise you I'll read it. I said, just that one little bit, if you could just read that one bit, I said, be the first in your family to read a book that's been passed down in your family. And she goes, wow. And And she goes, well, where do you think my dad is? I said, I don't know, but I think you'll find it. You'll find the answers, they're in there. You've got to want to do something. You have to want to make a difference and you have to be willing to step out. Amen? What do you want to be known for? What do you want to be remembered for? Hmm? I'm worried that we want to be remembered for people who love God, love people, And make a difference. I have a feeling, though, uh, we live in a generation that's going to be remembered for being just like the world—not standing out, not doing anything um, for God, honoring Him with their mouths. But but the, the proof of that is only just being together on a Sunday. That's not community. Coming once a month does not make you saved. We need to love one another. We need to serve one another. We need to be here for one another We're on the good day and the bad. You know the day where you walk in and that girl is looking like, oh, she stepped out. Her eyelashes are four and a half metres long. Her hair is just like, yes, come on now. She's wearing heels. She walks in. She's just like, hello. You're just going, whoa. And then, and then week, the week after she comes in, she's wearing her Ugg boots, her sideways pony. She looks like she got collected by everything that drove in by the car park. That you just know, you're just like, whoa, that girl's had a, a week of it. She's been smacked. We are there for each other on the good day and we are there for each other on the bad day. We are there when you look amazing and we're there when you don't look so amazing at all. We are there for one another because that's what family is. And that is what the world looks at and says there is something different about these people. They care for one another. They're there for one another. They serve one another with love, not with judgment, with love. We serve a lot of people with judgment. Don't judge. Don't judge somebody. You don't know where they're at. You don't know what they're going through. You have no idea what God is doing. But we just serve each other with love. Amen? I, um, I want to share this testimony and then we can, then we can close. I, uh, I was at, I was at um, FCC. What, what's, what's their real name? Foundation Christian College. I went there. And I get, uh, I get the privilege of preaching to some young people. I normally get it about twice a year. And it is genuinely one of my greatest moments. I love it with all my heart. And I look forward to it. And so I get so few opportunities to do it that I really want to make it count. So I spoke to them about drinking because I just wanted to be invited back. And so um, you watch young people grow when you're only there like, a couple of times in a year, you, you see them in the beginning and then you see them toward the end. And so you see the growth. You see, you know, like you look in the mirror, you're going to the gym, you're like, man, I'm gymming, I'm stiff, I'm sore, but I still look fat when I look in that mirror. But your friends see you and they're like, bro, you've been gymming, you look, you look, you know, you guys know what you say to me all the time. You look buff and like you're looking fly. And so um, I get to see these kids uh, in a different environment and growing. And so the last time I was there, we were in, uh, they have like an auditorium, which is cool. And there's nothing that humbles you quite like preaching to young people. They will give you nothing. The funniest joke, they are able to keep a poker face. They will not laugh at anything. They can laugh at the stupidest thing from their friend, but the best joke, I've got some good ones, and they just. They leave me for dead, and I just it's a challenge, so I, I go at them. And so I'm preaching to these people. The last time I was there, when I was finished, the guy said to me, he goes, how do you feel you went? I said, I, I have no idea. And he goes, they were pretty quiet. He goes, that's normally a good sign. He goes, sometimes they're distracted on their phones, or they don't really care much. And you know, I thought, okay. I think I had one person with a really funny moment go, hmm. I was like, ah, you almost broke. You almost broke. I go back this time, right, and and it's totally different. I'm used to seeing them walk in. It's before lunch as well, right? You're supposed to feed them, then preach to them. That's what Jesus did. But I get them when they're hangry, right? And so they walk in like – because when you're young, you can't lift your feet. Remember? And they just like drag their heels and they – they just like, you know, basically they like look at me. I'm the I'm the picture of what depression looks like. Have a look. I hate life. I hate my parents. I hate you. Say what you want to say and get done. I want a sandwich. And so <laughs> I um I expect that when I go there. I expect I'm walking into a, a it's gonna be a tough crowd. I know that. I'm standing, we're in the we're in the room, they've outgrown there, so they're in like a, a gym center. Worship team is playing, all young people ministering to young people there's only one older person on the platform older lady she's cool though she's on a piano keys whatever she's awesome these kids are arriving early not only are they arriving early they are singing in the room with practice so i'm looking at this thinking what this is not how it goes so I decided to take a moment and watch them walk through the door. They walk through the door praising God when they enter the room dancing, praising, like that. they they dancing their way to their chairs, man. They get in there, they go. We had There were three young boys doing the most ridiculous dances. I wish I knew how to do them. They're cool. And they just, they were like the hype group. They had, the, they had people laughing and in the, man, when, when that worship started, that place, I wish that our church could go there and learn some lessons on how to worship God. They went from zero to a hundred in one beat from a drummer. It was just bam, and they just started worshiping and worship the girl's voice. I was like, man, I don't think, especially because there's that like that Sound of Freedom movie on. So I feel like kidnapping at this moment will probably be a bad idea. But there's this girl that was worshiping. I was like, I want that. I think I said, I was like, give me that girl. I want that girl. She's amazing. Just belting it out and worshiping God. And I turn around, their hands are raised. School kids, their hands are raised, they're in high school. This is social suicide. They are worshipping God and praising God and moving and dancing. And I'm looking through the room and going, going. we are supposed to be the people that are leading them and teaching them. And I'm in a room where I got some young people teaching me how to praise God. And that's why when Esther was like, I don't know how it happened. Esther's like, give me a mic, I'm going to sing from my seat. Yes, Sing! Worship God. Do it. Run through the place. Jump up and down. These young people need to see that we worship God, not we have to look at them and go, that's how we're supposed to worship God. Where did we lose our drive and our passion for God? What happened? What happened? Where did it all go wrong? These young people, we think like this generation, they're useless. They just want to play games. They don't want to talk to anyone. Rubbish. They want to worship God and they're going to lead the church into what has been prophesied. We're going to see a billion soul harvest and it's going to be the young generation, the generation that is coming, that's going to lead the way. And I fear for many of us, we're so selfish and self-centered and we're so focused on ourselves that we're not only missing them, but we're missing what God is doing right in front of us in our generation. What are we doing? I said to him afterwards, "What what have you done? He goes, bro, it gets better they have prayer groups in the school during things like their recess and their breaks he says man they pray with fire he said some of it is the he said some of it is pure heresy but you want to see it happening it is epic he's like you never seen sometimes he says cuz he just he's there as the adult he says sometimes he's listening to them pray and he's like i don't that's but I'm going to let it go. And he says, I just watch God intervene in a moment and just touch lives and change lives. Because some young people are saying yes to the leading of the Holy Spirit, not their sinful nature. Are we still arriving 20 minutes early? Are we at prayer? Are we starting prayer groups? Are we coming in and saying, man, I just felt like the Lord lead me this week and this is what happened and I want to share this testimony. Like I get, I get encouraged by that. that. That stirs me. I think it's like Sue, she's, she's always got a million. Sue wakes up, she's like, I've got eight hours in this day. I'm going to do about 400 hours worth of work. I'll figure this thing out. Like she's always got testimonies and she's engaging with people. And like I, I read, I'm just like, Whoa. Come on, God, like I want that for my life too. Because that's what testimony will do to you. It stirs you up. We're not going to have that if we're, if we're always focusing on what we want and never what God wants. I want to encourage you, like, it's not just going to happen. The fruits of the Spirit is not something that just happens when you get saved. It's a a lifelong journey of discovery. What is that one thing you're struggling with? And you get mindful of it and you say to God, I recognize that I get angry quick. And right now, I want to get angry fast with this person. I want to end them. But I'm going to choose to pray for them because I know that's your heart for them. And so I'm going to choose to pray. And when you begin to pray for them, something shifts in you. And suddenly you realise, man, I was angry a moment ago. Now I'm feeling a sense of joy or a sense of peace. That is the fruit, the, something that is produced from when you start to partner with God, not come into agreement with the demonic. Amen? I'm, 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 I'm begging you to do as it says in verse 24. Those who belong to Jesus Christ have nailed their passions and desires of their sinful nature to the cross and crucified them. End this thing. End what you have going on in your life that is dragging you from God. End that thing. You take it and you pin it to the cross and it can die. It never says like, oh, crucified, buried, and then resurrected. That's what we're looking for. It's not coming back. That thing that is plaguing me must die and stay there. And every time I feel like it coming back, I remind myself and I remind the enemy, no, that's not who I am. Who I am is a child of God. What I did is pinned to the cross. It is no longer part of my life. I'm not entertaining it. I'm not looking at it. I'm not listening to it. I'm not touching it. I'm not going near that thing because I want to live with love and joy and peace. And I want those fruit that fruit in my life. Amen. So come, I want you to bow your heads quick. Thanks for being with us. We hope this message leaves you stirred to a place of action. If you made a decision to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, need more resources or want to take your next step, linkthechurch.org has everything you need. Until next time, from everyone at The Link Church, God bless.